Atlanta's number one radio stations. Swanky 93.3 and The Heat 94.6. Radio stations has you covered. From our studios to our newsroom at KLP Entertainment. Listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audacity, Apple Podcast, Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube and more. The entire world watched. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. And humanity saw that the sky was not the limit. Achievement. Pass it on from the Foundation for a Better Life at values.com. Live from our newsrooms brings back our hit news network, SNN, with many news anchors like Arthur Brooks, Addison Hayden, and Beatrix Gemma. Brings you stories about the news worldwide. Tune in on Atlanta's number one stations, Swanky 93.3 and The Heat 94.6 radio stations. To get the latest news today, listen on all major audio platforms like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Audacity, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcast, Google Podcast, YouTube, and more. You've seen the paintings. The Thanksgiving turkey being served at Grandma's. The weathered farmer sending his baby-faced son off to college. Now be sure and write. The wise police officer sitting at the soda bar, talking a young boy out of running away from home. Where are you going, son? Norman Rockwell didn't create the best in us. He just inspired the best inspiration pass it on from the foundation for a better life at values.com you know i look at the numbers last night third down brock Purdy was really good time of possession he controlled it yards per pass not a lot of dink and dunk he's throwing it up the sideline 26 first down dominated the game we've become so obsessed with the upside of quarterback we fell in love with zach wilson because of a throw at the combine Justin Fields' size and his ability to run. Yeah, maybe Brock Purdy's ceiling's a little lower. Maybe a lot lower. But his floor is really high. He rarely even has a bad half or a quarter. He was very okay in that playoff game against Dallas. You know, the great Cowboy defense. But he completed 65% of his throws, won the game, and had no picks. San Francisco, yeah, San Francisco scored 30-plus points in all but two games he started and been healthy. He stays out of trouble. He accurately delivers the ball to the right people. Debo, Kittle, Christian McCaffrey, usually Brandon Ayuk, who was out last night. I think he moves pretty well. They can move the pocket with him. He moves well enough. He doesn't move too well where he's paralyzed by running. He sits in the pocket and throws strikes. He doesn't shrink. He doesn't have that Kirk Cousins, like, teeth-clenching stuff. I don't see a guy that's overwhelmed. I see a guy that moves well. I see a guy that gets rid of the ball accurately. He's confident. He's not cocky. Uh, San Francisco's offense is a symphony, and he keeps the beat. And this happens all the time. American Idol was the number one show on television in America when, you know, linear TV used to be a thing. Number one show for a decade. Every network, including this one, passed on it once. We circled back and got it. Good for us. Tom Brady, best quarterback ever, sixth round. Jokic, most dominant player in the NBA, second round. Not only does it happen with guys like Brock Purdy, who are good, 
Tony Romo was really good. Kurt Warner was great. It happens all the time with stars. But here's the thing. The NFL now is so quarterback-centric that we believe if you win, it has to overwhelmingly be the quarterback. No, it doesn't. No, it does. San Francisco had more yards last night after the catch than the Giants had total yards. The ball, get it to the guys, let them break tackles. Debo breaks tackle, tackle. Christian McCaffrey breaks tackles. Kittle breaks tackles. Get him the ball early, step out of the way. The story in Kansas City this year is not Mahomes. It's their defense. The story with the Rams is a rookie wide receiver getting better than Cooper Cup numbers. The story with the Cowboys is defense. You can win in this league a lot of games without a Hall of Famer at quarterback. Even Mahomes this year, the story is how good that defense is, probably his best. San Francisco, A-plus coach, A-plus skill positions, A-plus defense, and a quarterback that doesn't shrink, doesn't cost you anything for a couple of years. I don't even remember him at the combine, but you're waiting to see more of him. This is what he is, and he doesn't make mistakes. His passer rating's 112. Well, he's got this. Well, he's got that. Well, Matt Stafford won a Super Bowl when he had Sean McVay. You know, Russell Wilson was good when he had Pete Carroll. Everybody has a, well, he's got blank. Aikman had Jimmy Johnson. Marino had Shula. John Elway had one of the greatest coaches ever. Mike Shannon. Everybody's got to have something. There's no quarterbacks winning Super Bowls with lousy coaches and bad old lines and crappy defenses. You gotta have something. Yeah, Kyle Shanahan's brilliant. Yeah, the defense is stacked. And in two years, three years, when they have to pay Brock Purdy, maybe it won't be as stacked. But we're obsessed with the upside. What about the, what about the floor? This kid just doesn't have bad halves. Even against Dallas, 65% completion percentage, no picks, got it to the right guys enough, and they won the game. And he's humble, and he's hungry, so how about the other team? Oy. Um, the Giants have the worst first half point differential through three games in like 30 years, 1991. They can't score when the plays are scripted with a really, really good, smart head coach. Daniel Jones in prime time, and these numbers matter because that's against good teams and good quarterbacks, right? That's what TV networks want the New York market. They don't necessarily love the Giants, but they want the New York market. And since the Giants aren't that interesting, usually they face a great roster full of stars or a great quarterback. And Daniel Jones in his career in prime time is one in 11. Oh no, that's not the worst part. His passer rating's 70, almost 60s. More picks than TDs, 1 and 11. And that's the illustration of what the Giants are against quality. They can't even compete with the Cowboys and the Eagles right now. Forget the Super Bowl, forget the NFL. In their own division, they're not close to the Cowboys or Eagles. Those defense suffocate this offense. And again, that's with Brian Dable and Saquon Barkley, usually, and a great left tackle, usually, suffocated. And I'll tell you something, I could be wrong on this, but I think Washington, this happens every year. We get to October and go, that team is good. I think it could be Washington. 
So they reached at Daniel Jones at number six pick in the draft, and they reached on the 40 million per year contract. It felt so Cleveland. It felt so Cleveland. There's always been this clear divide in the NFL, and I said, because I, I lived around Giants fans for years in Connecticut for 10 years. Almost all my friends, they I, not a lot of Jets fans, it was Giants fans or Patriot fans. And there's always been this clear divide in the NFL. I don't even have to name the teams. Well-run organizations, you know them, and poorly-run organizations. Forever, you know them. And about 10, 11 years ago, the Giants made this big leap into the have-nots crowd. Since they won the Super Bowl in 2011, 11 full seasons, 8 under 500, 0 division titles, this is worse, 6 coaches. You know what I'm talking about, you know the franchises that do that. They always look down at the Jets, no, you're looking square at the Jets. In fact, in terms of personnel, the Jets' defense stacked. The Giants is good. I mean, it, you look down at the Jets. You can't. Can't look down at anybody. Can't look down at Detroit. Detroit's better than you. Can't look down at Washington right now. Gotta look up at them in the standings. The only drama last night would probably be... Are the Niners going to cover? I mean, you watch the game, I watch the game. That's all I thought about. Yeah, when are the... When are the 49ers going to cover? That was the only drama. When are the 49ers going to cover? So I, you know, I, I'm looking around at this thing. I think they have a very smart GM and coach. So there's light at the end of the tunnel. But they are tied to this Daniel Jones contract. They, 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 it, there's some light, but they've become Nebraska football. Power. Titles, relevance, off the radar, and it it it. And I always can. I always called them the accounting firm of the NFL. Details, even when successful, boring. But you knew what you were getting. A bedrock of details and toughness and long hours. That was the New York Giants brand. Now, I don't even think they have a brand. They have a good coach, a clever general manager, and the quarterback can move a little. But I, I, only thing I was thinking about last night, will the Niners cover? And I mean, even when it was close early, it's like, man, where are they going to pop through this thing? I try to be positive before the season, but you take Saquon and Andrew Thomas out of that offense... And by the way, the young receiver, uh, not, not getting a lot of looks last night. So if you come out this year and you're the third quarterback taken, you'll likely, because the Colts aren't going to draft a quarterback, the Giants aren't going to draft a quarterback, it's very likely you'll go to Denver, Sean Payton, Minnesota offensive coach, Justin Jefferson stable organization or the Jets Aaron Rodgers last year and a completely loaded defense remember Zach Wilson's done they're drafting a left tackle or a quarterback and quarterbacks more important a left tackle <laughs> right Aaron off an Achilles surgery it's a left tackle or a quarterback if Sanders is there they draft him they would draft him both the tackles could be gone so my point is yes he could be a number one pick next year but do you think the worst team in the NFL the previous year is going to be better than Sean Payton, the Jets' defense? 
Justin Jefferson and an offensive coach? The big money for all players in the NFL, especially quarterbacks, is your second or third contract. It's not your first. And okay, you can say, I was number one. Just more pressure. Just a crappier roster. I mean, Andrew Luck would still be playing had he not gone to Indianapolis with a bad all-line, a GM that whiffed, a coach that got fired, and bad protection. What if Andrew Luck would have gone ninth? Twelfth? So if I go back and forth on this. I get the argument, you can make money at NIL. That's true. I get the argument, he doesn't want to play second fiddle to Caleb Williams. I get all of that. So let's take the injury stuff out. That's worst case scenario. Um, but I, I, don't we all agree on this? That where you go is 90% of the game? Isn't it? I mean, it, 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 as good as Caleb Williams is, if I said to you he failed, what would your number one reason be? You went to Arizona. Wouldn't be he's not talented enough. Currently, according to the NIL calculators, wherever those are, Google, I bet, um, Shadur Sanders has the second highest, to, to Bronny James, the second highest estimated earning potential NIL. Well, that's only going to grow. That's not going backwards. He's yet to play USC or Oregon. A lot of the country is going to get introduced over and over and over. So it's really interesting. I, I go back and forth on this. The NIL issue does make me think there could be a kid every year that stays in college. But I think this year, going 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, I end up with Justin Jefferson and that offensive coach, stable organization in Minnesota, Sean Payton in Denver, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, and Mims, the kid they just drafted. There are worse places to land, or the Jets' defense, and a year behind Aaron Rodgers. That's about as well as you can do as a top 10 pick. That's about as well as you can do. Sean Payton and good receivers. The Jets' defense. One of the best young receivers. Minnesota, Justin Jefferson, the best receiver in the league. Just stuff to think about. I don't have the answer, but it is, you know, it, it's an interesting conversation. The NIL clouds all of it because you can make a lot of money. My point, though, if you come out, not this year, but the following year, well, you're still, if you go number one, you're still going to a bad rock. There are five stages of failing quarterbacks in the NFL. It usually goes in stages. So the five stages of a failing quarterback, it starts with hype. Hype and expectations. So people are unrealistic. Oh, he's going to be this. He's going to be that. He's good. So it always starts with hype. Number two for failed quarterbacks, it's inconsistent. There's flashes of brilliance, flashes of talent, but it's just inconsistent. Three, blame him or not, there's mounting losses. You're just not winning enough games. Justin Fields is 5-22. and 22. Then there's media criticism or fan criticism or both. Sometimes the fans start it, sometimes the media do. But everybody's getting banged on talk radio. Everybody's getting banged. The players are reading about it. And then the fifth stage is blame. And that's where we are. Blame's the final stage. All right, so we're through one through four. Now we're in the blank. In America today, you're not allowed to have a wrong word or a wrong sentence. That's not the end of the world to me. He's a kid. You're in front of the media. They ask questions. It's remarkable. The media would never demand they be perfect. 
but we always demand young kids are perfect. So that didn't do a ton for me, but then he had to answer it later because everybody said, ah, guys blaming the couches. I think the bigger issue beyond words and, you know, nobody's perfect. It's okay. People say things and then regret it. It's okay. I think the bigger issue is there is mounting evidence he's maybe not a franchise quarterback. He holds the ball way too long. Many of his sacks, in fact, by a mile in the NFL, he leads the NFL since he got into it, sacks with four-plus seconds in the pocket. His career passer rating is under 80. Is what it is. They created a passer rating so we could kind of make these broad kind of, you know, opinions on how good quarterback play. They, they count a lot of different things. His is low. And he doesn't you know, appear to be improving. So then you have to go deep, 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 deep in the numbers. Well, is he good in the fourth quarter? Nope, it's his lowest passer rating, 61 to 9, 61.9. So he's not good late in games. You need great quarterbacks or good late in games. Mahomes, Brady. Okay, but maybe he's good, like Russell Wilson. He's good on script. No, his first quarter passer rating's not good either. That's his second lowest passer rating. Not good early, on script, not good late. There's no circumstance he's excelling. I even went this morning and looked, okay, what's his passer rating when he leads? So I've been very critical of Baker Mayfield, but I always said Baker leading with a run game was good. Baker Mayfield career passer rating when leading a game is 94. Mac Jones, you guys don't like him. His career passer rating when leading is 100. Justin Fields is 62. Two touchdowns, seven picks. Not good early, not good late. Not good leading. Now, I think the running Justin Fields is the best Justin Fields, and I'm not giving up all hope. Who knows what happens in Kansas City? For the record, 50% of first-round quarterbacks do not work. That's first-round quarterbacks. In his draft class, Zach Wilson appears to be a miss. Trey Lance appears to be a miss. Mac Jones is successful, but a lot of people are very critical of it. The good news is, for the Chicago Bears, it is a great college quarterback draft class. You have two potential top 8-10 picks. Aaron Rodgers is out of the division. So there's, there's positive news for the franchise. For Justin Fields, you got to go play better and win games. There is mounting evidence. He holds the ball too long. Translation probably doesn't see the field great. It does feel a lot like Zach Wilson. Got the arm, got the athletic ability, some college success. Why isn't it working? Both have defensive coaches. You can blame offensive coordinators. Go ahead. But generally speaking, it's five stages. It's hype. It's inconsistency. It's mounting losses. Here comes the heat from fans and media, and then it's blame. Yesterday felt a little bit like blame. Again, let's not crush the kid because he said it could be a little coaching. For the record, I don't know why last week they wouldn't let him run. That is on coaching. In fairness to Justin Fields, I would say that's coaching. They obviously told him not to run because he's a good runner. There's so many great stories out there. They're, they just This world we're in of sports provides so many great stories. And we've got this crazy one with primetime, Deion Sanders. It's it's interesting. It is, right? Like, like, look at these numbers. According to ESPN, the Colorado, Colorado State game, not exactly enormous brands is the most streamed college football game in the history of the network in the regular season i know there wasn't a lot of streaming back in the 70s and 80s but also nine and a half million viewers the most watched late night college football game ever 
on ESPN. Every SEC game, beat it. Buckeye game, Sooner game, all those big brands, Michigan, beat it. So clearly Deion Sanders is bringing in people who didn't watch college football. He's not just moving college football fans. He's bringing in fans with those numbers that did not watch college football, probably NFL fans. It's a great message to take a big swing, get uncomfortable, remarkable things happen. I thought Colorado and Deion Sanders, my initial reaction when it happened, that's a weird fit. Next day I woke up, set it on the air. It's going to work. I think it's going to work. He's going to get attention. American viewers are drawn to two things, big brands and big stars. Remember when Zion Williamson played in his first and only March Badness? Do you remember that? Do you know the ratings for the first game? They were the biggest March Madness rating since 1991. <laughs> Opening weekend ratings since 1991. College basketball is losing audience, not gaining it. You know, the fans do this all the time. They tell us in the media what they want. Over and over, fans tell us what they want. They want new, fresh fun. Too many people in the media lecture, scold, try to engineer or instruct you on what you should want to watch. Just give people what they want entertain fans that's what Dion's doing the shades the hat the attitude at altitude he's entertaining people and what I really like about this because I love college football but so much of college football in my life especially in the last 20 years it feels scripted SEC Ohio State Clemson Michigan dominate recruiting and then they dominate at the end of the season yawn it's like the movie industry it's just sequels repackaged stuff I've seen a thousand times. Ooh, Alabama's good. Ohio State's good. Michigan's good. Oklahoma's good. Yeah, I've never seen that before. Deion Sanders is fresh and new. There's charisma. He's fun. Colorado took a big swing. I don't think they're probably going to beat Oregon this weekend without Travis Hunter, their most gifted athlete. Maybe college football's most gifted athlete. But sports fans tell us all the time in my business what they want. Keep it fun. Give us good energy. Occasionally sprinkle in something new. College football and basketball fans are older than NFL and NBA fans. I've seen the data on that. And maybe they don't like new. Well, maybe they do. The most streamed college football game ever for that network. The most watched Saturday night college football game ever for that network. It's fun. It's new. I don't know how long it lasts. It doesn't feel like a 401k. Don't touch it forever. And then you wake up one day and 25, 30 years later, it gives you something great. Doesn't feel like Joe Parr, Bobby Bowden. It doesn't. Who cares? Dating's fun too, not just marriage. I think it lasts four or five years. Maybe it goes to the NFL. Maybe it's a couple years. Saw a piece of video yesterday. Dion's like telling his kid, you're not going pro yet. You're not going pro. Hey, I'm here for it. I'm here for Dion and his son next year again. I'm here for it. we got plenty of quarterbacks. Washington's got one. Oregon's got one. USC, North Carolina, Duke, Florida State. Everybody's got quarterback. Colorado, Dion Sanders, son, he can stay. I'm here for it. Probably get beat by Oregon. But the fans tell us what they want. Entertain them. Oregon's really, really good with an NFL quarterback as well. Uh, a good coach. They have really good players. And they have some momentum over the last decade. Uh, my guess is Oregon wins that game, but I thought TCU was going to hammer, hammer Colorado. And then I wasn't sure how they do against Nebraska. 
hammered both, so I'm here for it. All right, the NFL is selling hope and optimism. It's smart, but it also is true. Two things can be true at the same time. If you're 2-0 and in the NFL, it absolutely, statistically, helps you to get to the playoffs. And 0-2 is not fatal. So it says here, um, 8 of 14 playoff teams started the season last year 1-1 one one or 0-2. Um, now, each of the six teams that started 2-0 made the playoffs. Maybe the commanders are good. So there's nine teams that are 0-2. Nine, and I think they go into four categories. Here are the 0-2 teams. Bengals, Chargers, Vikings, Broncos, Patriots, Bears, Cardinals, Texans, Panthers, all 0-2. So let's start with the first category. I think because of star quarterbacks, the Bengals and the Chargers are very much alive. You've got star quarterbacks, and that's about, you know, a big percentage of winning. Best quarterback often wins a division. Okay, I also think a very strong heartbeat, regardless of what anybody says, the Broncos and the Patriots. They have Hall of Fame coaches and capable quarterbacks. I think the Vikings have a good coach and a good quarterback, so they have a pulse. Man, this weekend, but they got a pulse. And then call the medics for the Bears, Arizona, Carolina, Houston. You got quarterback issues, three of them. Uh, uh, rookie quarterbacks and one a quarterback that's struggling in the franchise right now is wobbling. They're not all the same. But we kind of know the issues for everybody. The coach for the Chargers. Burroughs hurt for the Bengals. The Vikings may be in a subtle rebuild. Kirk Cousins not really good enough. Denver, they got to get their defense and Russell Wilson's second halves right. New England, they don't have enough juice on the outside. They don't have enough speed. They look slow, sometimes on both sides. And then we know why the Bears, the Panthers, the Texans, Arizona, we can figure that out. It's quarterback stuff. Denver remains the most interesting. I think easily the most interesting. And here's why. There's a lot of mystery here. Why is Russell Wilson so great in the first half, 85% completion percentage, and so bad in the second? What's wrong with the what's wrong with the defense? We like a lot of their defensive players. And the offensive line massively upgraded. Why is Russell getting sacked so much? So Denver remains a mystery, okay? I mean, clearly Russell Wilson doesn't look like, especially second half, he has the juice. The offensive line, my guess is it got reworked. Nobody plays in the preseason, at least starters don't. It'll be fine in about three to four weeks. The defensive line at the trade deadline should probably go out and get some help. They're just not creating consistent pressure. But as Mark Schlereth says, in Denver, only one person is getting the blame. They don't like Russ. They don't like his act. They're not buying into it. And the bottom line is, you look at this offense right now, more points per drive than any offense in the National Football League. You know, ultimately, it's a defensive issue, but... Uh, nobody's talking about that. Everybody's just, uh, you know, they're, they're storming the castle with pitchforks and lanterns uh, trying to go after Russ. And, and he has played better. There has been more continuity. Uh, he has gotten rid of the ball. He has been accurate. He's done all those things. But um, it's not good enough. I still think this is an eight or nine win team. I went into the season thinking they were probably a nine and ten win team. 
but losing to the Raiders, a division rival, Devontae Adams, Max Crosby. It's not the end of the world. Offensive coach. A couple years ago, Chargers went in week three, beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead. It happens. Division rival, capable quarterback. The Washington thing is a bummer. Really unsettling. But I went this morning, looked at the schedule. I think they're getting to nine wins, maybe eight. This was a bad team last year. They don't look like a bad team right now. But this is the downside, the small downside to being a star, getting the money, getting traded for picks. You take the heat.